Heading into Season 2 for Halo Infinite, does a Battle Royale make sense for this series? And with Sony divulging in a recent earnings report that by 2026, they're going to have at least 10 live service games, will one of them be MotorStorm? This week on the Video Games Podcast. When it comes to trying to do predictions, we like to take a more statistical and analytical approach, try to find patterns in a developer's history, or look at other factors that might make a difference, such as critical or commercial success. When it comes to MotorStorm, which was one of my first great memories of the PlayStation 3 as the visuals and the exciting gameplay, was one of the earlier titles that justified the PlayStation 3's big price tag, it becomes hard to take any kind of analytical approach. MotorStorm was mainly developed by Evolution Studios and was released just mere months after the self-processing PlayStation 3, which technically made it a launch window title. And since gamers were hungry for new and exciting titles, the game had strong commercial success as it managed to sell over a million copies in its first six months, which was a feat for 2006, especially considering that people were broke after purchasing the system. More than just commercial success, MotorStorm also fared well critically with an average review score of 82. Sony took notice and bundled in the title with hardware, which would technically make it a system seller, but Sony also went a step farther and acquired Evolution Studios in 2007. The company followed up with another great sequel, Pacific Rift, which was a lot more of the same with some new bells and whistles, but mainly new destinations. Once again, the game performed admirably well in both critical and commercial aspects with over a million copies sold in the first few months and another solid review average of over 82, both great for an arcade racing title. Unfortunately, after that, the wheels came off with MotorStorm as they went back to the well too many times with more sequels and handheld spin-offs. Scores didn't drop too far, but slowly did decline into the 70s. By 2011, by the time the third game in the series, Apocalypse, was released, many had lost interest in the series, including myself, who loved the series, but I never touched the third entry. The studio then shifted from MotorStorm to Drive Club, which was meant to be a launch title for PlayStation 4 as a live-service racing game that leaned more into the simulation as opposed to MotorStorm's arcade roots. Drive Club looked and sounded promising, especially coming from the pedigree of the studio. However, expectations never materialized into reality. And long story short, in 2014, Drive Club was a massive failure. As a result, in 2015, about half of the studio was cut. And in 2016, after attempts to keep the game going, Sony closed the studio with the majority of the studio dispersed to third-party studios. The point is here that PlayStation likely owns the MotorStorm IP, meaning that if the series is going to come back, Sony is going to want it to, but not all hope is lost, as there appears to be reasons that Sony might want this series to come back. First, when looking at Sony's portfolio of first-party IPs, there is a lot of third-person narrative-driven adventures, and with good reason. This is the bread and butter of Sony, and while they likely know that they are doing just fine, Diversity is the key. 
At the current moment, there is nothing on Sony's book that resembles anything like what MotorStorm was offering. I'm of the mindset that if MotorStorm or Pacific Rift was released today, it would be a massive success. The main difference between 2006 and now is how many games have integrated live service into their offerings. The term Battle Pass is now a household phrase, and if done right, this is the key to taking MotorStorm to the next gear. During a recent investor call, Sony iterated that they plan to release 10 new live service games by 2026. Everything that's old is new again, and 2026 will be 20 years from the release of the first MotorStorm, which is not only creepy to say, but also enough time that people will warmly welcome it back. There is a strong chance that one of these 10 live service titles could actually be a MotorStorm reboot. The second reason is that it is very clear that both Nintendo and Microsoft have well-performing arcade racing titles, and Sony must want a piece of this pie. When looking at Nintendo, the record-breaking success of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is without question one of their most important series, with the most recent entry selling over 43 million copies as of their latest earnings report and selling at a rate of about 5 to 10 million per quarter reliably. A large part of the success of Mario Kart is because of how patient the company is with the series, which leads to high quality entries. In around 30 years, we've only seen a handful of entries. MotorStorm had almost the same in less than a decade, which led to a series burnout. Shifting lanes to Microsoft in an earnings call in early 2022, just months after the release of Forza Horizon 5, it was said that the game had seen over 18 million players, which most are coming from Game Pass, but if even a portion of those players remain invested in the game or signed up for the service just for that title, then that's likely a big win for Microsoft. When looking at the big picture, it's not hard to see many reasons why Sony bringing back MotorStorm makes sense. Hardcore fans will say that Halo Infinite doesn't need a battle royale, but as we've seen its popularity shrink since its release on its 20 year anniversary back in November, maybe it does. There are other reasons of course for a shrinking fanbase including lingering first season, initial progression issues with the battle pass, and the lack of modes and maps that have been introduced since its release. Now would a battle royale help? I would like to think that adding another avenue for players to get hooked into Halo Infinite would be a good thing. And with Season 2 on the way with no official mention of a Battle Royale, I still don't think it's too late to give up hope just yet. Looking at the history of Battle Royale, it's never too late as games like Fortnite and Warzone both didn't launch alongside their original game. The main thing is that Halo Infinite already has many elements in place that would make for an amazing Battle Royale experience. At the very least, we do know that 343 Industries is aware that Halo Infinite should be considering the mode, because data miners have pulled out the announcer saying the phrase Battle Royale, just like he would at the start of the match. And we also know that Certain Affinity is working on a new mode within Halo Infinite. So here are the top 10 mechanics in no order that Halo Infinite already has in place to make a great battle royale. Number one, closing circle. It would not be a battle royale without a shrinking map that forces players to move, which results in more action. And in elimination mode, if the game has taken too long before all team lives have been exhausted, the map starts shrinking with a giant red circle. Number two, player revival. Things don't always go according to plan when playing a BR, 
meaning that sometimes you're going to lose engagements and being able to revive your down comrade helps keep your team in the fight. Elimination mode seems like a test bed for BR features as you're able to respawn your teammate at their last point of death. Number three, a battle pass. As a free-to-play game, battle passes help keep the lights on at a studio by keeping a steady influx of funds coming in. It also keeps the carrot dangling by showing players what they could get by leveling up higher and being the envy of all other Spartans with weapon skins, Spartan armor, and voice lines. Now, progression might not have been perfect at the launch, but 343 has been trying to hone their battle pass since November, which could pay dividends should the studio choose to implement a BR. Number four, large map. To have at least 100 players on a map at one time without feeling crowded and giving all players a chance to choose their own destiny, the map needs to be big. And the Halo Infinite campaign featured a very large semi-open world style map, which means that 343 has experience working with large maps and creating natural elements that funnel players certain ways. Also, implementing some of their arena maps over the open world like Blackout did would make life easier. Number five, vehicles. A good way that Halo could differentiate itself from the pack is with an abundance of vehicles that the series has become known for, from the Warthog to the Scorpion, and even having players drop into the map on a Pelican. Number six, loot. It would not be a battle royale without some type of looting, and during the campaign, you're able to find war crates around the map, meaning this is all they need to do is add some interesting goodies to them. Number seven, health. In most other games in the genre, there are med packs, painkillers, energy drinks, adrenaline shots, and everything in between. But Halo Infinite, sticking to its roots would be the way to go with the system that they already have in place with the regeneration of armor and health. And this mechanic would not only differentiate it, but the evading while trying to get the recharge is the charm that Halo has. Number eight, upgrades. In games like PUBG and Apex Legends, you find different tiers of protective equipment like helmets and vests. And while it wouldn't make sense in the Halo universe to switch out your armor, you already have Spartan cores that are in the campaign that allow you to upgrade certain mechanics of your suit, and this would make a perfect fit in a battle royale. Number nine, tactical equipment. You need something more than just a great feeling combat system, which Halo Infinite obviously has, to rise above the rest. Apex Legends has character abilities, Fortnite has building, Warzone has modern military gear like drones, and Halo Infinite already has a load of tactical equipment. Obviously, the grapple shot would make for a very fast-paced BR, but there are also items like the threat sensor, drop wall, and boost that could make for an extremely tactical BR that would make it stand out on its own, and these are items that are not found in other games. Number 10, weapons. Okay, you clearly need some amazing and original weapons to have a great battle royale, and the good news is that Halo Infinite has both. Currently, there are 21 weapons in the game, plus four grenade types, with more weapons likely on the way. You don't need hundreds of weapons, just excellent ones. Can you imagine landing a skewer shot to win a match? Warzone launched about six months after Modern Warfare. Fortnite pivoted to a battle royale after Save the World lacked interest in just about two months. And even PUBG was a mod for Arma that took years. Halo Infinite is still sitting in a very great position with a very good foundation. And obviously with the support of Microsoft, they have a little more time than normal to write this ship. Now, if you did enjoy the show, please consider subscribing. If you haven't already, tell a friend. And remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, but more importantly, be nice to your fellow human.